hold it. Hold. Hold. It's like, no. I can't. <laughs> I know. Ah, I'm giving her everything I got, Colin. Uh, but you, I think you should 100% move here to Vegas. Wow, it's uh, tempting. Uh, dude, I'm telling you. I remember uh, when I moved to L.A., um, probably like the first, you know how like when you move to L.A., they always talk about your big Hollywood break? Oh, yeah. So I was I was probably a week in L.A. Uh, my buddy Dave had hooked me up with his manager because I didn't have a manager agent. Nice. And uh, that's, a well, good, that's a good buddy. Yeah. It. Yes. And no, yeah. It was. Just yes. We'll, <laughs> we'll just say yes. But I was going to say the the manager and agent they he hooked me up with was like a mash unit. Like they were Man. one dude had like a mullet but was bald up front, and then the other, I don't even want to get into it. But I, but they were like <laughs> I met with them. They were like, yeah, we want to rep you. So I was like, sure. You know, I got nobody else. Right. Whatever you want. So <laughs> about two days later, uh, they call me, uh, or they, no, they, they text me. They're like, call us immediately, urgent. And so I call him, <laughs> I go, what's up? He goes, uh, we're submitting you for a role on the TV show, Two Broke Girls. So I was like, dope. Right. And, he, and then he goes. Also a good start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, man, this, is this how it happens? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? uh, and then he, he goes, uh, he goes, we're going to submit you as a love interest. So then I'm like, dude, am I, am I going to like. Get matched up with Kat Dennings or or, right. or, or the blonde girl. Right. So I asked him, I was like, "Is it, it, it who's the love interest for?" And he goes, uh, "It's for Patrick." Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh! And I'm like, I'm like, did you say Patricia? He goes, "No, it's definitely a dude, definitely wow. Patrick." So you know, you know how it is in Hollywood. I was like, you know what? That's fine. Sure. Whatever. Right. I, I'm probably not gonna get it. Submit me for Patrick's right. love interest. Then he goes, "Hold on, I gotta ask you one other thing." I was, I'm like, "Okay." And he goes, uh, are you okay with kissing a man oh. on national TV? Ah. Now, I, I, my first thought is I was like, is, is this like how all the Hollywood stories start? Yeah. Where it starts with like, hey, are you cool with kissing a guy? Then right. next, are you cool you with kissing this penis? You right, know, right, or whatever. Right. I don't, can we even be dirty on this? Yeah, right? Okay, it's it, after man. dark, you know, right? right? Kiss a penis. Go yeah, ahead, go for it. it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, again, like most things, you know, I mean, how many things have you gone out for that you don't even hear back on, right? right? So... I'm in my head. I'm like, I'm just going to say yes to everything because I'm probably not going to get it. Right. And I want them to know, hey, I'm easy to work with. So right. I was like, sure, right. I, I'm cool with whatever. Dude, the next they, they day. They were like, he is easy to work yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ju- they just go, he's easy, period. Excellent. Yeah. Right. So, so the next day they call me, they go, they go, you got it. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. They go, you, the, you got it. Uh, they want you to come in. And I was like, I hope that doesn't mean Patrick. Wow. That I got to come in, right? <laughs> so uh, they, he's like, they want you on set right now. So I was like, all right, text me the address. So now I'm like li- like literally on my way to, I think it's Warner Brothers set, or maybe it's Okay, Fox. at least it's legit. It's not oh, like yeah, some yeah, random yeah. apartment yeah. in Van Nuys yeah. or some shit. Go to this couch. Right, on, uh, right, right. You're like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> Are you the guy that's easy to work with? Right. Uh, uh, so, I, But as I'm driving there, like, have you taken acting classes? I have. So I haven't. So yeah. in my head, I'm like... Just the improv class. Nothing crazy. Nothing intense. Just the, I've been to improv I got class. nothing. And gotcha. as a comic, I'm like, holy shit. I got I to kiss some dude. I'm like, what's a TV kiss? I don't right. even know what it means, right. Right? right? So I even said to the dude, I was like, if I have to tongue kiss a dude, I will vomit in his mouth, you know? <laughs> uh, so I'm... And then the other thing, as I'm driving there, I don't know why, but in my head, I was like, 
okay, whoever this guy is, I hope he's like really a feminine. <laughs> right. Really soft. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why right, like right. I wanted that. Like I was just about to ask, like, how do you mentally prepare for this shit? Dude, like, are you listening to boys to men on the way there? <laughs> like what's what how as one tear just goes through right. my That's what you came here for. <laughs> do this shit, Jim. I did, and it's I don't know why like I wanted that. Like, oh I like I have like standards. I hope he has blue eyes and we have a right. lot in common. Like I'm on a blind date, right? But <laughs> I finally get to the set and they they point and they go, This is Patrick and it was like looking in a mirror. This dude was 6'5", 340 pounds, bald, huge <laughs> beard. He's all tatted up. What? Like he he looks like an axe murderer. And you can actually look him up. His <laughs> name, this isn't a joke. His wow. name is Patrick Cox. Wow. <laughs> what a breakout scene to be in, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh, good dude, uh, but also straight. Okay. Uh, so they go, this is Patrick. And I was like, are you the dude I'm making out with? Super awkward. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yep. Oh, <laughs> shit. And so we're both like uh, un uncomfortable. Then he says to me, he goes, hey, man, I should apologize. I wasn't really thinking, but I've been drinking coffee all morning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you do realize, like, I'm not looking for sparks from this. Like, right, I'm really just right. trying to get through this. Don't make it nice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, so now we're about to film the scene. And like I said, I'm like, I'm a comic. I'm not an actor. So in my head, I was like. I was like, you know, what's the TV kiss? Is it just that our lips touch or is it that our mouths are open and no tongue? As I'm going through the scenarios, yeah. all of a sudden out of my ear, I just hear action. And then this Whoa. mutant just grabs me. What? And now he's he's like right here. He's what? right here, like taking up real estate, right? Oh, shit. And it was the first time I ever felt whiskers on my lips other than oh, my own. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. I was just that like, was close. oh, God. But it did also tickle a little bit at first. Oh, my <laughs> I was God. like, Jesus. So what's happening in the scene is like me and Patrick are like in the middle of this embrace. And then the blonde girl from Two Broke Girls, she walks in. And then we stop. And then they have dialogue, right? I was like, what's the setup, bro? What so, well, the scene was like, he worked at a bakery. He's like a gay guy on the show. He works in gotcha. a bakery. And I worked at a Starbucks uh, oh. that was, the shops were connected. And funny enough, I came through the back door oh. into his shop and then we're making out. So, oh, easy. Y'all are easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> easy to work with. So, so in the scene though, we, we stopped the embrace. They'd have dialogue. So like the first yeah. two takes... I just like I have my arm around him and they're talking and I'm kind of just watching him talk. I don't really right. know what I'm doing, right? right? So by the third scene in or by the third take in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm on a major TV show now. I guess I'm an actor, right. so I should act. Right. So I was like, so what would I do? Like if I was gay and this was right. like Natural. my boyfriend, right? right? right, right. So try to improv a little bit. Let me get the oh, his leg. Oh. It's not good. So oh. the third take, as he's talking, I just like. I like start rubbing his belly. Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I mean, I, dude, I think I. He was trying to kill this scene. Yeah, I was like, exactly. this is my fucking first break. I'm like, this is it. This is the Oscar. <laughs> uh, so the, the, you know, I, I'm like in my head, I'm like, I'm an affectionate guy. I guess I would do that if I, if I was gay. I would rub my boyfriend's belly. I right. guess. Fuck, I don't know. And right. so. By the fourth take, I don't know why I did this. I just started doing circles around his nipple. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> wow, he's trying to kill this dude. dude. And then the director goes, cut. And Patrick, Patrick's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing to my nipple, man? He's like, that's not in the scene. I was like, I don't know, man. I'm trying I'm to improv and bitch. Yeah, I'm a method actor. Let me suck your dick. I don't Whoa. know. <laughs> <laughs> jokes. Uh, what's funny is the, the director of this episode, who is an openly gay man, mm. at one point he gets on the mic that everybody, the studio audience, everybody can hear. He just goes, uh, Hey Jay, uh, you don't need to fondle him. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. All right. The, right. the gay dude's telling me to cut right. back. All right. 
So <laughs> he's like, I'm trying to deliver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we get done filming it, and and by the way, the cast crew unbelievably nice. Like they they make you feel like you're the star of the show, even if you're just making out with a bear. And <laughs> yeah. uh, and so. Uh, I'm waiting for the episode to air. Like I have the air date, right? Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm telling you. people, you know, it's, I, I haven't told them what I'm doing in it, but I'm just like, you know, hey, you got to check this out. I'm going to be on <laughs> Two Broke Girls. My buddy, uh, who's an actor, he calls and tells me, he's like, you know, when it airs, you get paid again. I was like, really? He goes, yeah. So I call my agent to verify. I was like, hey, my buddy was telling me when this airs again, we get paid again. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's how it works. But uh, I was going to call and tell you, uh, your episode ran long. They cut your scene. Oh. And I just started laughing my ass what? off. And I'm sure he's used to working with actors. He was like, you're not upset. I was like, no, nah, it gives the story a better ending. So wow. now I tell it on stage. I mean, pretty much exactly how it hand happened, wow. you know. And uh, But I was just like, you go through all this. You make out with a dude for nothing. Wow. You know? That sounds like a book that you need to write, my brother. Yeah. Damn. Fucking. That's epic. But... <laughs> Easy to work with. <laughs> easy to work with. Moral of the story, be easy to work with. You newcoming comedians, you come here with a good attitude and a little belly roll. There's no telling yeah. where you can go in life. The nipple twirl, you got, you're, you're good. Dope. Well, Jay, it's finally good to sit down with you, man. We've been oh, yeah. on Call of Duty for the yes. past few months on this quarantine shit, so it's yes. good to finally see you when I hear your oh, voice yeah, now. Dude. Yeah, There's not an AK in the background. It's, it's yeah, more peaceful exactly. here. Yeah, good if, uh, if we were doing this at my old residence in Hawthorne, you still might have heard of AK. Hey, that's true, that's like, true. Luckily, and you, I'm telling you, a little behind the scenes, we're in Vegas and you need to move here. Yeah, bro. Vegas is looking like the, the land of hope right about now for the cost of rent and- Everything. Bro. The scene, I'll, dude, the, the amount of headliners that have moved here, I'll put the scene up against anybody right now. Wow. It's, you got crushers. Oh, shit. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy and you can add to the crush. Nice. That may be something that we'll have to look into at some point, putting Dude. together like a, a comedic, you know, coast versus coast or city versus city and getting the best ones hey, together. I'm that in. would be dope. Dude, I, let's let's do it. Okay, shit. We put it out there, man. <laughs> so, Jay, man, uh, we never got to, a chance to really get to know one another off top, man, where you're originally from uh, yeah. uh, to, to, to what brought you to the West Coast. Uh, I started comedy in Boston okay. uh, about 13 years ago. And then from Boston, I went to Seattle. I was there for a few years, then to L.A., gotcha. uh, then 2019, March 2019 to 2020, I lived on the road, basically. Gotcha. Um, and then I, uh, when the pandemic hit, I pretty much quarantined in Phoenix uh, for a while. And then August of 2020, I moved here to uh, to Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. That's a busy-ass lifestyle. You covered a lot of bases in like 30 seconds, bro. Dude, I... That was uh, a lot of moving around. So, Boston, were you doing comedy in Boston? Yeah, that's where I started. I started oh, okay. in Boston. Why comedy? Um, Start there. Uh, I, you know, I'd always... I've had a crazy life as far as, like, shit I've done. I worked in corporate America. I taught MMA for 12 years. Oh, I had a damn. school. Yeah, I had a school for a couple of years in Oregon. Oregon Academy of Modern Kung Fu. Shout out. Okay. Self-offense. Oh, uh, shit. But, stay on your good side. Yeah, okay. that, yeah, that was a long time ago. Now I'm fat and old. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and so I had always thought about doing stand-up. Um, and I started writing down premises um, and ideas. And then I moved to Boston. I'd asked a girl out. And she was like, well, we can go out except on Wednesdays because I have comedy class. And I was like, well, where do you do that? Mm. And she did a, an improv class at the Boston Center for Adult Education. Huh. And I saw in there they had stand-up classes. So I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to just, I'm going to go do this class and see. So I did the stand-up class. <clears throat> and then, excuse me. And uh, have you ever done a, uh, like a stand-up class? No. Okay, so... For those that have never, don't have any idea. So you do a stand-up comedy class, 
and then you have a graduation show, right? Mm. Everybody invites their friends and family, and everybody- <laughs> See how good you are well, now. Yeah, right? everybody does good, though, because right. it's everybody's there to support you. That's true. So, I, and I knew that, so I told the- It's like a bringer show. Yeah, exactly, 100%, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I told the, the instructor, my buddy, who's now my buddy, Dana, uh, I was like, I'm, I'll do the graduation show, but I wanna do a show before then, and I want to if I, I want to earn my laughs, like yeah. if I want to know if are these good, I don't want courtesy laughs, you know? Yeah. So he had me do the first time I ever went on stage was uh, Kennedy's Midtown. My buddy Scotty Lombardo hosted and it was like a showcase show. It wasn't like an open mic or anything. Right. And I had no business being on it. Uh, on the show was uh, these like actual legit comics. Shane Moss, nice. Mike Kaplan, uh, Dan Crone, who's a Boston dude. That's great. Uh, mm -hmm. um Andrew Slater, Brian Moot, uh, and uh, Tyler Bow, all great comics. Nice. I went up, I did eight minutes of doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they people were very nice, but uh, immediately, as like for me, it's always, I don't know what it is. Is this the same day of your next show, or like a, a week or so before, or something like this? This is probably a couple of weeks before the graduation Gosh. show. Gosh, are you nervous at that point? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know what's a trip is, uh, like, I know a lot of comics, they say, like, what hooked them on stand-up is, I went up, I got that first laugh, and I was fine. Right, right. For me, it's never been that. For me, it's uh, not to sound like an asshole, but I've always been able to make like friends laugh. Yeah. So for me, it's always been the science of comedy. Mm. So like, uh, as soon as I got off stage that very first time, I was like, okay, why didn't this work? Why did they laugh at this? I didn't even notice this. Right. Uh, that wasn't guy, even the joke. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. Right, right. A guy said something. Why I should have responded with this, and immediately I wanted to go back up and try and work, you know, stuff. Sure. So. I've always loved the science of comedy. Like you, you get an idea of a, a joke and you're like, I know this is funny, but it's just not working for some reason. Right. And then you know how it is. You change one word or right. a voice inflection or you rearrange it yeah. and it's like it opens up the heavens and right. you're like, that was it? That's fucking crazy. Right. So uh, yeah, I was hooked. That was 2000, August 28, 2008. Wow. So fast forward to continuing to figure out your thing work in different stages. Obviously you transition from open mics to getting, hey, will you come do my show? Hey, will you do yeah. this? For what, at what point was this like, okay, now I'm, I'm a comic and I can make a lifestyle doing this. And now this opportunity, was there one specific opportunity that helped you transition? Because I think for a lot of comedians, you know, we're, they have a job and they're yes. doing comedy on the side, but there's this transitional moment that sometimes happens that lets you or allows you to go on the road or to go on yeah. the film or... Uh, Two, I'll speak to two things on that. One was uh, getting laid off in Boston. Mm. So I got laid off and uh, I, immediately I was like, okay, I can't afford the, because I was I was a director of technical support for an online data storage company. Oh, you was making some money. Exactly. I was, making <laughs> I was living in fucking Quincy. Quincy, oh, Mass. Man. Had to overlook the water, all the stuff. So immediately when I got laid off, I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. A buddy of mine in Seattle was like, well, I have a room for rent. Just pay 500 flat. That'll cover everything. I looked at the comedy scene in Seattle. I was like, I was in. So I was getting unemployment for the first time in my life. And I was like, okay, while I'm, I'm getting unemployment, I have no excuse not to bust my ass. Right. So I, I've always, and I've always said that some people think I'm funny. Some won't. I can't control that. The one thing I can control is I don't want anybody to outwork me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I've hit the mics every night, multiple mics every night. And then about a year, maybe a year or two after I got to Seattle, I got offered the house MC job at Parlor Live. Oh, dope. Which at the time it was the the only A club in the Northwest, and so now I'm doing five shows a week that are sold out. Wow. A head A A plus headliners. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, I this was is like, in um, Bellevue, Washington. In Washington. Okay. Yeah. Once I moved to Seattle, and uh, 
And so then I, I so I was getting paid. I, I was able to get income gotcha. off that every weekend. And then that also helped me build my act and then kind of transition into headlining, you know, gotcha. shortly, gotcha. well, not shortly, maybe four or five years after that. The one thing I was going to say, and I'll say this for comics and for you, you know, also, and mm -hmm. for myself is, uh, my buddy helps me re readjust my, my mindset because, you know, as comics, I don't think any comic is ever like, Oh, I'm good. Like mm -hmm. I don't need to strive for right. anything more. Right. Even Kevin Hart is like, more, more, you know, right. which is, which is good. I think you should strive for that. But I think you, we also need to sometimes take a, a thousand, thousand foot level right. look, you know, because right. I remember being at Nick's comedy stop in Boston, which it's not the best room in, in Boston. It's probably a B room or a C room, yeah. but it's the oldest running club. And there was a dude's name on the marquee. Don't know who the guy is. I couldn't tell you. And I remember, you know, I'm a year into stand up, and I went in and I watched this guy and uh, I remember watching him and thinking in my head, like, whoa, wait, you're telling me this dude just travels around the country telling jokes and he makes a, a living off of that? Right. And, and back then I was like, if I could ever get to that level, I could make a living off right. of jokes. That's I've all won. I need. I've won. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Right. And then you get that. And I think a lot of times we forget that, that like, yo, I'm fucking, I'm, I pay bills off of just fucking telling dick jokes. Right. And, you know, it's like. Yeah, keep keep striving for more. But that gratitude is essential. Yes, exactly. Right. Appreciate right. that. Right. There's, dude. There's, you know, how many people would kill for the opportunity where right. we're at? Right. It's, it's crazy. And I'm glad yeah. you spoke on that too, man, because that's that's a big thing. I was just telling, you know, Ben that was here earlier. A lot of young comics, as I'm sure, reach out to you and ask, hey, are there any open mics or hey, you know, this some kind of question. But honestly, like this is it's a marathon. Yes. You know, of a process, and the more gratitude that you have, the more peace you'll have in your heart. Because now with social media, we're constantly comparing ourselves to this person or that person. Or, Damn, this looks dope. And then you look back at what you have, it's kind of like, ah. So there's this level of gratitude that you have to have to be able to have the stamina 100%. to last in this business. Yeah, I mean, and I like I, I surround myself with uh, or I, it's not like I, I look out for for certain people. But I mean, I'm surround. I should say I'm surrounded by people that are way more successful than I am, you know, way more followers or whatever. Sure. Um, and and I, you know, comedy is always subjective. You know, I, I won't say that they're funnier than I am, but they're yeah. all crushers. You know, sure. they're funnier, they're funny in their own right. In their own lane. Yeah. So, right. uh, that's, you know, the, the social media side of it and like, um, the accolades and everything, right. um, I let that kind of handle itself. Yeah. I just want to be the best comic I yeah, can be. Bro. And I, and I, I don't fear following anybody, you yeah. know? And, uh, and I, you know, I, I, whatever you do in front of me, I, I'm never going to be like, don't do this or whatever. If I want you to crush, I right. want you to fucking. Because some destroy. comics don't though. They're exactly. careful of who they follow or who yeah. opens up before them and all of that, yeah. which is interesting to me. I was that was, as a newcomer to LA. That's when I started noticing it. I started coming in New York, so I didn't notice I as much say, of yeah, it. You, you crushers in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, at least on the West Coast, sometimes I heard that it's like you know, I was like, is that a thing? Or certain comics won't have. No, no, I don't want him to bring me up. Or hey, I don't know. Yeah. I yeah, like, wow. I and I, I mean, there's two ways you can look at it. You can either, uh, be, I mean, you know, there's some comics that they don't want to follow that because they're, right. you, or because they can't. Sure. And I always look at it like I'm just gonna ride the wave. Right. I'm like fucking destroy. Right. And uh, yeah, and I mean, it, it's, it's a it, tough thing though, man, because you know some rooms like even the Laugh Factory, and when that crowd gets going and you got the levels up there, and then it winds down, you feel that shit. So I can imagine for a lot of comedians, and some of them now more than ever have those egos from social media or from that credit or from that movie they were in or whatever. It's like that's a tough L to be able to 
kind of take, you know, in that aspect uh, as you're kind of figuring it out because we're sensitive about our shit. Oh yeah. Oh right. yeah. What right. my what my favorite thing to do is is like doing a guest spot on a show like maybe the the headliner is this well-known person, right. famous from whatever, right. maybe stand up, maybe it's acting right. or whatever. And you go up and do a guest spot. Nobody knows who you are. Right. And you just light that yeah. shit on fire. Yeah, Five yeah. to ten minutes. Yeah, bro. Fucking, where people are like, yo, who the <laughs> who fuck that? was that dude? Right. And yeah. you know, that's like the best feeling ever. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. Afterwards, you know, like people are they're they're still gonna talk to the headliner because right. that's who they came to see. Sure. But they're like, yo, who are you? Right. What's your? Right, let right. me follow you. Yeah. Can I get a picture with you? Yeah. And you're like, I just did a fucking yeah. guest spot. That's like, better than getting feedback from like headlining or doing yeah. a show yourself to stand out. Like I just gave you a little taste. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. Big facts, yeah. man. That's dope, man. So, uh, stand-up comedy has obviously kept you busy. Yeah. Uh, you're good at that. Do you have any other aspirations outside of being on stage in terms of writing or film, or do you just consider yourself a stage crusher and you'll continue to just crush stages until <laughs> yeah, physically and uh, yeah, no. <laughs> right? Uh, I, you know, I would. Uh, I have a lot of respect for actors now that I've that I've done like <laughs> yeah. I've done like it's. It's funny, people say, are you an actor or, are, you know, do you act? Are you an actor? And I'll, and I'll always be like, say like, I've done some things, but I don't know if I feel comfortable saying I'm an actor yet because sure. I feel like that is a specific talent yeah. or tool. And I, I, I've I, taken some acting classes now. And, uh, and, then, there's, and then there's the Patrick, you know. The what? And then there's yeah. Patrick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. Mr. Cox. Mr. Cox, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like, you know, you have actors that will do one open mic. So that people will be like, oh, are you, do you do stand-up? And they're like, yeah, I'm a comic. You're like, no, you're not a comic. Right. You did one. So I, I, I have respect for actors, and I would never disrespect it by being like, oh, I'm a trained actor. Sure. But I would be interested in getting into some acting. I've, I've written on, like, game shows, and I've, I've written some stuff for All Deaf. Oh, dope. You know, and, uh, um, but acting would be – it's funny because before I moved to L.A. from Seattle – all yeah. these these major headliners that were coming in, they're like, dude, you got to move to LA. You're a type. Right. You're gonna get all this right. work, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then the first like audition I went to, I think it was like a bouncer at a at a bar. Yeah. And so I'm I'm I think it said to wear all black or whatever. So I'm wearing all black. I walk in. There's literally 15, <laughs> six, eight dudes that Damn. are huge, all black. And I just started laughing. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a fucking type. There's nobody like me down here in LA. And, and like, there's you're just, 50 of you. Yeah. Exactly. Over here looking like sub, bro. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like, yeah, dude. It's just, it's so funny. And, and LA doesn't give a fuck, you know. Nah. You just, right. you're just a, a, a cog, yep. you know. Wait in line. <laughs> you will sit and you will wait, won't you? Three hours until yeah. they call you. But what are you gonna do? I mean, the one thing that I'm thankful for, which I'm sure you are too, is it's like, uh, that's not my main thing, yeah. you know. Right. And, uh, right. Right. Uh, I, I don't have confidence in my acting, yeah. you know. But, uh, uh, but I also know that that's not my my number one thing. Right. Like I can, I can eat shit at an audition, and then that night go up and rip stand-up, yeah. you know, right, and be like, right, right. Oh, you I know, think you're going to be dope, though, bro. I definitely could see you on TV and on film. Shit. I think organically just putting you into some of those settings, bro, I think you kill. Plus size model. Exactly, all yeah. of that, bro. Then you'd have little deals. I'd be having to watch your Hanes commercial. <laughs> yeah, like, look go. at that. Patrick, where's somebody <laughs> called Patrick? You got Change it to Gaines. Change it to Gaines. Stripper at Chunkendales, whatever, you know. This is Vegas, man. Shit, you could get your OnlyFans, shit. Oh, I wanted to tell you a story. Sorry, I'll keep it quick. Uh, You were talking about, you know, people that don't want to follow crushers and this and that. And this is Louis Anderson's story Uh uh, uh, about following Jim Carrey. Mm. So Jim Carrey was, you know, would crush. And Louis Anderson, and it's an actually hilarious (laughs) trick. So whoever, you know, crushes, 
Louis Anderson would go up after following Jim Carrey and he'd be like, ah, Jim Carrey, give it up for him. Everybody claps, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's so talented, Jim Carrey. And then as it starts to die down, he would do it again. I mean, it's just, um, Jim Carrey, give it up for him. And he would just keep doing that over wow. and over again until the audience finally was like, hey, man, fuck Jim Carrey. Wow. We want to see you. You know, he'd be like, Jim, wow. come back. You should come out here. He's so good. And I always thought that was just hilarious wow. that he just kept doing it over and over again. Give it up for Jim Carrey. Like, man, okay, enough. It's an interesting art form, though, because he would wear them out yeah. and get that all the way out and control the room. So I get that. Yes. As another crazy comedic genius. Yes. <laughs> I see the art, the irony oh, in that, though, too. Absolutely. Because he trains the room to now say, yeah, that was fun. That was cool. Shout yep. out to Jim. You've seen the match, too. All right. Now. Yes. You bring him down. <laughs> now and then I'll now, now here's right. this different thing. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Louis Anderson. Yeah, he was absolutely. a supporter of the show. Supposed to attend the live show and stuff as well, man. So shout out to Jim Carrey and Louis, both, yeah. both goats. Great, great dudes. Uh, I mean, I, well, I haven't met Jim Carrey, but Louis is a sweetheart of a dude. Nice. Yeah. Super dope, man. So, yeah, man, you've been keeping up with Busy. What, like, and then we'll wrap up from here, man, but I'm really, I always like to talk to comedians that are figuring this out and moving from place to place. Do you have a solid support system, family base, or do you just mentally yourself just put these goals out, move freely, and kind of live life? Because it obviously looks, on the outside looking in, it looks like you have a fun lifestyle, living in these different oh. places, moving around. But I'm sure there's a little, you know, work that goes into that. And yeah, uh, I would say, you know, what actually got my head around, like with the moving part, because I, I think I added it up one time. I think I have eight, maybe seven or eight times. I've literally sold everything I owned mm. and moved cross country. I lived in Florida at one point, wow. uh, Sacramento, Boston and all that stuff. Uh, and what actually helped me get my head around that as far as like picking up and moving was filing bankruptcy. Wow. <laughs> this is a long time ago. I uh, I had had a martial arts club. The club went under. And at one point, I was living. Cobra Kai? You <laughs> yeah, had a Cobra Kai? Yeah, yeah, I wish. You had a Cobra Kai. I wish I had Cobra Kai <laughs> money. Uh, yeah. But I had sold everything I owned. And I was, uh, or, 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 or excuse me, I was filing bankruptcy. I was living in the bottom of my old martial arts instructor's club in this little, wow. little one-room thing. And uh, when I was getting rid of a bunch of stuff from bankruptcy, I'm watching all these, you know, things I had bought over years going out the door and I'm just like, fuck, I and my, my instructor, Carrie, who's sitting next to me, he's letting me just bitch and vent and everything. And then finally, when I stopped, he just goes, yeah, it's all just a bunch of shit. <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> he goes, it's all just shit. He goes, <laughs> he goes, you got your friends, you got your family, people that love you. He goes, this is all just things. It's yeah. horse shit. He goes like, you can replace all this. And ever since then, yeah. I've had the idea that I own these things. These things don't own me. So I, I like- True. Since I moved here to Vegas, I like because I've always kept my nut kind of low, yeah, where I don't want a lot of shit. So I can, it's kind of like heat, yeah, that, you know, you can leave in 30 minutes or less, you know. And yeah, um, once I moved here to Vegas, I really started getting like, you know, it sounds so weird, but like, okay, I'm gonna like plant roots here, and it's it's almost given me anxiety because I'm mm. so used to not like keeping everything like. Right easy to Super move. Super light, so you, yeah. in case you can even move, yeah. And now I'm like, as I'll buy, like, like I buy a TV or I buy a couch or yep. I buy art or whatever, I, I'll, immediately as I'm buying it in my head, I'm like, well, fuck, now when I move yeah. and I have to sell have this, to how much am I going to get right. for this? Right. And so uh, it's it's just, <laughs> it's been a trip readjusting my, my head relate, around bro. that. I can relate. I moved from Louisiana to Dallas, then Dallas to New York, to Brooklyn, then Brooklyn to Jersey, and Jersey to yeah. LA, Santa Clarita, Santa Clarita, the studios, the studios, dude. So you get you get in the habit of not getting comfortable. Yeah. And there's a little bit of a mental, you know, uh, place you got to get to to find yourself feeling like, okay, maybe I can 
consider this home and get comfortable here and get warm here. And that's when the peace kind of starts to set in. So there's a little bit of work to get there, but it's rewarding once you start to feel comfortable. But in your mind, obviously you still want to move to transition to where you want to get to. Yeah. But you still got to find peace in the midst, in the process. Yeah, and you've you've always, you've been with like high school sweetheart, right? Right, been, yeah, we've been together since And so she's too, been man. with you through that whole thing. Well, yeah, before I was doing comedy, she was that's, with that, yeah. And that's dope. And see, I got to, I mean, like I have a puppy. That's yeah, another Yeah, but it's time, you know, it's gonna, you gonna, I got a feeling you're going to settle down soon, bro. Well, dude, I, I have been here in Vegas and I, I keep, like I've been here for, what is it now, five, six months? I'm talking months? about with a lovely oh, well, I mean, counterpart. I feel like that's, I, mean, I feel like I'm that's hoping. coming. Ladies, pay attention. It is. Yeah, he will I'm rub your Bumble, belly. I'm on Tinder, Grinder, occasionally. There you go. What <laughs> no. are you looking for? What are you looking for in someone? Oh, fuck. Jesus. Are you easy peasy or are you kind of picky? Like, oh no, our elbow is just really dry. I can't do the elbow. Driving. I think I'm, I think I'm <laughs> easy and laid back, but I, I mean, you know, it, yeah. it takes a certain particular woman right. or man to date a comic, right? Because I mean, our hours are shit. Right. Uh, I need somebody that's laid back, flexible, and I always, but I'm this way towards them. Like yeah. I, I was supposed to go out with a girl the other night and. Like an hour before uh, she had to cancel, I, I, I can't remember the reason, but I was like, no problem. I was like, we can do it another. And I told, and she was like tripping that I was so laid back. I was like, uh, she's like, so you don't even care? Yeah, so it's yeah, not exactly. bothering you? So that was our last time talking. Right, no. see? But it, no, because you know how it is where you, you, let's say you make plans for a Saturday night and then right. I may call you, you an something. hour. Yeah, I right. may call you go, dude, uh, there's an opportunity. It, it pays whatever. And right. also there's the booker from whatever is going to be here. Right. You got to take you that. You got to go. You got to take Bro, we've, that. We've, we've had fights because of that. We've had tension because of that. As a comedy producer, I would produce shows and I would pay comics. In New York, you would get bread. Yeah. Like, you'd have to, oh, yeah, cool. All right, all right, all right cool. It's 50. And I'd have to go to the ATM and take from our money. So there was a lot of fighting and not understanding. And you, so, so it takes work. And it yeah. does take the right individual that's willing to understand, work with you, see your dedication. Because a lot of comedians will expect women to just understand and go with the flow. You will treat for me, follow my <laughs> dreams. It's like, motherfucker, you got to have a plan. Yeah. She's got to see that you are about what you're talking about and you're serious about it. And then once you do that, then that's when the, the work and the molding, it still don't get easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still work because you're constantly trying to find that balance between chasing everything you want and being completed and having that that home lifestyle. Yeah, I, that's, it's, it's, I get that it's work and it's, yeah. it is, I, that's why I say I need somebody that is, I, I'll be understanding to their shit. Okay. And hopefully they're understanding oh, to mine. Ladies, y'all here, you're going to be yeah. understanding. Uh, yeah, so if you're into fat, pale, white dudes. <laughs> like, it's kind of a niche. But, uh, He's like, I'm your guy. I'm yeah. Your guy. And, uh, and the, the planting roots thing, I, like I said, I've been here like six months here in Vegas and yeah. I keep waiting for like, okay, what's the thing that I'm going to be like, I don't, I don't like it and I can't find it. I'm loving, I'm loving it here in Vegas. Nice. I think you're going to, you're going to find love. That's, you're yeah. going to find a deal. You're going to find some money. You're going to be on My friend is going to move here. Right. I'm on the way. <laughs> hypothetically. Look at my wife over there. Hold on. Wait a yeah, minute. He ain't run exactly. nothing by me. What? Yeah. So, yo, I appreciate you coming through and Thank spending you for some time, me. man. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to see you on Call of Duty oh, yeah, soon. We'll yeah. take him out. Team. And I, can I say for you, <laughs> like, since this is the Laugh After Dark podcast, Most of. Congrats. I was amped when I found out that, I mean, this is now this is going back last year, yeah. you know, that you're the new host, dude. Yeah, thanks, So bro. dope, man. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm excited whenever we film this, like, uh, not obviously for myself, but also for people to see you. Yeah. To see what you're going to do with it. You know, I appreciate that's it, dope. Bro. Yeah, man. It's coming together, man. And everything has its purpose and timing. So, you know, now we have the opportunity to have conversations like these yeah, yeah. due to these times. So this experience is all 
you know, guiding us to a better place, <laughs> bringing us closer together. Yeah. Light a candle, relax. We're going to just glow and flow into 2021. Great <laughs> things are to come. Please it's, tell people where they can follow sure. you, where they can keep up with you. Uh, Big Irish J on everything. BigIrishJ.com, Big Irish J on all social media. And uh, uh, I'll plug my, my podcast. I've got two podcasts I do. Hollings Worthless podcast, kind of a free-flowing. I get me and three other uh, buddies. And then the Love in Black and White podcast, which is uh, my buddy Man, Manny Martin, who is black dude, always dated white women, married to a white woman. Yeah. I'm a white guy. Pretty much always dated black women, yeah. and I'm single. So it's like that yin and yang yeah. and uh, different points of view. And it's uh, comedy first, but it's dating relationship stuff. Dope. Super yeah. dope. Oh, man. What else do you want, people? We got Big Irish J in the building. Yo, you've been watching another episode of Do Tell with Laugh After Dark. I've been your boy, Charlie Wilson TV. Yo, man, yo, stop playing around, baby. We'll see y'all next time. Cheers. Sláinte. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Charlie Wilson, man. I just want to take a minute to say thank you. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for um, for supporting and liking and sharing the, the videos to our podcast, Do Tell with Laugh After Dark. Make sure you subscribe and stay connected. I'll see y'all soon.